Good morning, everyone. If you don't, thanks, thanks. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Larry. I'm executive pastor here. That just means I help execute things around around the church. I'm not in charge of Mitchell. I'm just just in charge of the things going on. And so, um, anyways, it's good to be with you guys. If you don't know me, uh, I'm married to Madeline Jones. She's actually not here. You would know if she was because she's, uh, she's, a, she's a bright light. She's beautiful and she's spunky and fun. And we have three kiddos, True, Everly, and Juliet. And um, this might be a surprise to some of you. We actually have a fourth on the way, so that's exciting. <laughs> we're thrilled. Life's full and fun and crazy and it's only going to get crazier, I'm sure. So we're excited for it. <laughs> but um, if you've been with us We've been going through a series titled All, and this is maybe the eighth installment, ninth, something like that. We've been going through it for a while now, a few months. Um, so we talked for a few weeks about the great commandment, which is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And uh, we took a week to dive into each of those, and then we jumped in for a few weeks into Ephesians chapter 4, uh, basically just talking about unity and what it looks like at, to be unified as the church. What was Jesus' vision of how we interact relationally with each other um, in all humility, all gentleness, all patience, uh, forgiveness. We talked about forgiveness one week, and it's been rich. And then last week kind of started the third section of this, which is the great commandment, which is right there in the middle. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And so we're continuing that this week and next week um, as we wrap up our series um, but if you've been missing out, it's been so rich, and so I'd encourage you, go find some of these sermons, listen to them. They're on our website, on Apple, Spotify, things like that. Um, and then last week, we had Clint Miller here. He came in for World Mandate, and he also um, preached on Sunday morning, uh, last Sunday, and it was so rich, just talking about sharing as you go, and he made it so simple. And so if you feel like uh, this verse scares you and evangelism isn't your wheelhouse specifically, you should go listen to it because it was so encouraging and so simple, made it feel like we could all do that. And that's my goal again this morning. We're going to be talking about engaging our spheres or, or the influence that you have specifically in your spheres, whether it's in your neighborhoods or with your coworkers or with your family or in your class, uh, with your classmates. And so uh, we're going to be talking about that kind of continuing part two of this, uh, just living out the greatest uh, commandment. Great commission. I mix them up. It's a great commission. All right. There you go. But um, <laughs> so yes, Clint talked about uh, sharing the gospel, made it simple and doable for us. And and the phrase he used was dripping Jesus, just dripping Jesus as we go. And so you might hear me say that a few times because I think it's, think it's great. Um, a little sad that you can't watch a video of it, but you can hear the audio of it. But he's, he's enthusiastic and hops around while he preaches. And so it was, it was a fun time. Uh, but um, yeah, so this morning we're going to talk about engaging our spheres of influence um, with the good news of the gospel. So we're going to talk about living our lives influenced by the gospel, um, not just living our lives uh, kind of aimlessly doing, just following the ways of the culture and what's normal in our society, but really being influenced by the gospel and letting that dictate how we live our lives uh, with the people around us. But I'm going to pray for us as we jump in, and then we're going to jump in because it's already 11.02, all right? So why don't you pray with me, and we're going to get going. Thank you, Jesus, that you are good and trustworthy. Thank you that you're in this place, that your presence is here this morning. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to each of us. Whatever we need to hear this morning from you, I ask that we would hear it. Whether it's from my voice or it's 
has nothing to do with what I'm sharing this morning. Whatever we need, ask that we uh, would get it from you this morning. Ask that you would make your heart known um, even more clearly. And I ask that this morning we would be compelled um, to honor you and love you and obey you with our whole lives. Praise in your name. Amen. All right, so we're going to start since we're talking about the uh, talking about Matthew 28. <laughs> I'll just say that because I'm going to mix up commandment and commission. Um, we're going to talk about Matthew 28. I'm going to read it really quickly um, to not assume as to any of us knowing it or not knowing it or remembering it from last week. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it before, but we're going to read it again. And it says, and Jesus came and said to them, talking about his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So this is kind of his commissioning to us, for us to go. We're told to go. He has all authority, and he's giving it to us. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but we're the conduit for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. He's chosen to use us as his people, uh, which is important to know because um, we need a bigger vision for our life than, than just going and doing every day. Um, but we're literally his decision to use us or his plan uh, for the gospel to reach the ends of the earth. And so um, this morning I want to say that this is for everyone. This verse, this is for all of us. Um, and I'd be the first to say that I don't feel like I excel necessarily in evangelism or feel that I am really good at this stuff. Um, so I want you to feel included. I don't want you to feel like, I don't know about that. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're gifted in it. It's a command for all of us to partake in. And so my goal is to make it really simple for us this morning, just like last week. I feel like Clint did a good job of that. But that's my goal again. Make this really simple for us so that we can all do it. And so it's going to be a, a, a wide net with really simple practicals. Um, but some of you maybe don't actually need that. Some of you are really gifted at this stuff, and so you need me to look at you and say, get up out of your seat and go and share the gospel with people because you're so gifted. And so if that's you, if you're like in the 5 or 10% or whatever that percentage is of our church this morning, I think this will be helpful for you, but I think also you need me to look you in the eyes and tell you. So like Joe or like um, Jonathan. There we go. Boom. Some of you need, just need to hear it. Hey, after this, maybe you need to go and share the full gospel with your server when you eat lunch after this. And so just hear me say, I'm your champion. Go, go do it. If you're gifted in this, go do it. Don't just try to love somebody for, for two years before you ever bring up anything spiritual with them. Just get out there and do it. And so if that's you, seriously, do it. You're encouraged. I'm behind you 100%. And I bless you in it because we need people like you in this body. And so go and do it. Uh, take hold of your gifting and, and live it out. And so, um, but this message is going to be for all of us where we all feel included, where we can all jump in and uh, do this this morning. And so hopefully you feel equipped uh, to just to live out and be the church uh, in the cities around here in our region. And so making it simple for us. Um, but I'm going to start by asking a question. Do you want to be part of something bigger than yourself? And I think that uh, this is kind of maybe half my message, but maybe it's actually a really short piece of it as well. But just giving us a higher vision. Um, like, is it really your your goal in life to work at an eight to five so that you can make enough money, so that you can eat food and live and pay for rent and pay for utilities and pay for gas to drive around just to get back to work the next week, to live another week of work 
just so that you can make enough money to live for another week, to pay for things for another week. Like, that is so lame. And if that's you, if that's you, you're honestly probably not feeling full of hope and joy in life because that's not a fun way to live. It's like, is your outcome really like, ah, oh, if I work here for 10 years, then I can get a third week of vacation, you know? And then, and then it's like once that third week's gone, it's like, all right, I'm going to live 10 more years doing this so that I can start building up a 401k so I can retire maybe before 56. That would be fun, you know? It's like that's not filling. Like that's not filling at all. And so I want to call you to a higher vision. Like what's the God perspective for what you're doing in your life and how can you play a part in it? How can you be a part of, of what he's calling us to? And it's the same for college students. Are you really going to college just to get a degree so you can get stuck in that cycle of life as well, of eight to five grind? I don't think so. I think, I think God has so much more um, for us. And so I want to call you higher in God. And he's given us God, uh, a God purpose in everything that we're doing. And so I want to help you to see that. Um, and really, it's just looking at him and inviting him in to the everyday grind of life. Inviting him in, saying, what are you doing? I want to do it. Jesus did this. He talks about it in John 5.19. I think we have a verse. Um, John 5.19, he says, Truly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father is doing, that the Son does likewise. And so Jesus is looking to the Father and seeing what he's doing. He wasn't put on earth just to be a carpenter for a few years, give a few good messages, and die on a cross. Like, that wasn't his purpose. He had a purpose that was from the Father, and he had to look to the Father every single moment of every day uh, to get his heart for what's going on and just to follow. And, and his goal was just to respond out of obedience to everything he saw the Father doing. And that's ours as well. That's like the commission for us is just to look at the Father and see what he's doing and follow him. Um, and so maybe, maybe you're in college um, or maybe you're in the workplace to intentionally rub shoulders with people. Maybe you're there because there's specific classmates that the Lord wants to use you to reach, to share the good news, or even just to live out the good news in front of them. And, and, um, and maybe it's as a young adult to work with integrity um, and excellence in your job, to be diligent in what you're doing, to honor your boss when everyone else is slandering them. Um, maybe that's what you're there for, to display the glory of God in the 8 to 5. Um, maybe that's what he has you there for. Um, and, and to live a, a life full of hope that supersedes the responsibilities of a role at a job for 50 years or whatever. And so I uh, just want to encourage you uh, to drip Jesus, like we're going to drip Jesus as we go because we're going to be looking at the Father and just simply obeying uh, whatever he's sharing with us. Um, and I'm sure you've heard that before. I'm sure plenty of people have told you to be intentional before, but let it not just be a good idea among us to do it, but let's like just figure out how can we walk this out? E just make it simple to where we can just walk it out together of being intentional in our workplaces, being intentional in our classes, um, being intentional in our neighborhoods. And so um, a phrase that we say around here often is that the church is the hope of the world. And if we don't live with a higher vision, then the church probably actually really isn't the hope of the world. Like for us to be the church, we have to be partnering with God and what he's doing in the earth. We can't just like come on Sundays, maybe even go to life group, maybe even fast and pray every once in a while, but just go and look like everyone else everywhere that we go. Like, that's not going to help the church. Like, we're not going to be the hope of the world if we're not walking around carrying the hope of Jesus um, with us. And so we have to look a little bit different. We might have to step out of our comfort zone a little bit. We might have to interact with a few people along the way. I'm pretty bad at that. <laughs> I'm so task-driven. Like I said, I don't know that I feel like I'm good at some of this stuff sometimes. I'm so task-driven. It's like, 
yeah, I need to go to Lowe's and buy a two-by-four. I don't need to go to Lowe's to have long conversations with people. Or even short ones, you know? I'm like, or Walmart, it's like, I've got to go in to get diapers. My kid needs diapers to go to bed tonight. I'm just going to go in, grab a stack of diapers, self-checkout, out the door, you know? It's like, I think I can do it in a minute and 15 seconds. And, and that's my mission, and that's what I do. But I want to just call us higher to lift up our eyes a little bit and just invite God in to what's happening. Maybe he has you running to Walmart for diapers that night because there's somebody you're supposed to run into in there just to smile at him or just to pray for him or just to share something really simple with him or to encourage him. And so I just want to encourage us um, that if we really believe that the hope is the, uh, the church is the hope of the world, that, that we, like we have a part to play uh, of carrying that hope to the world. And um, we're also a church who, who longs and prays for and desires for revival to break out in northwest Arkansas. But for that to happen, we're going to have to be activated by the Holy Spirit and be intentional people living our lives. Uh, because like I said, we are the conduit for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. We're the conduit of God. He's chosen us as his people. Uh, that's how he set it up for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. And we're his ambassadors. We're his vessels. And so if, if not us, then how, how is that going to happen? Of course, he can show up in power whenever no one's willing we see, the, you know, we see the story of Saul to Paul where he shows up and he can do that, but his, he uses his people. Um, and he uses people in that story right after that. Um, when, when he was blind, he uses his people uh, to accomplish his mission. And so this is like big vision, but like, hey, let's be the people of God who live like the people of God, who don't look like the people of the world so that the kingdom of heaven can flow through us so that we can see revival in the earth. Because I want Jesus to come back. And, and we have a part to play in hastening that day by the way that we live. Uh, but I'm going to share a fun story with you out of Acts, kind of to illustrate this point. It's a dramatic story, but I think it's also a helpful story. Um, it's of Paul and Silas. And, um, yeah, it's just, them, it's just them walking in their daily life, but with a higher vision than what they're doing in their life. Um, and so I will kind of summarize the beginning of it, and then we'll jump in. It's in Acts 16, if you want to turn there. It'll be on the screen as well. But you have Paul and Silas, they're going to prayer one day, and prayer is a normal thing for them. I don't know how many times they were going per day, but they're going per day. They're going for prayer um, at the temple. And so they're walking to the temple, and I think they're in the temple walking around, and there's this girl who's bugging them, this little girl, this little slave girl. And she keeps bugging them. They're annoyed, um, and they don't turn around and yell at her. They're just living their normal life, but they have a higher vision for their life. Remember, they don't just yell at her, tell her to go away. Um, but they turn and rebuke a demon, actually, <laughs> and cast a demon out of her. Um, and this slave girl was a fortune teller for her masters. And so when they cast this demon out, the masters got pretty mad because she was no longer really good at telling fortunes um, because she didn't have that uh, deceptive spirit in her any longer because it got cast out. And so the masters have Paul and Silas beaten and thrown into a prison. And so that's where the story picks up in Acts 16, where I'll read it for us. Yeah, everyday life going as we go, guys. And um, so you have Paul and Silas, and it says in Acts uh, 16.25, it says, At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. Immediately the doors were open, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we're all here. 
And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then, then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds and was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. So you see Paul and Silas, obviously it's a dramatic showing up of the Holy Spirit in this story, um, but I want to acknowledge the, just the mundane of life. They're just going to the temple to pray. They have a higher vision. They don't yell at this girl, but they cast out a demon because probably that's what they felt like the Lord said to do. Um, they didn't let the annoyant, annoyance, like, put rage or anger in them. They responded through, uh, through their relationship with the Lord. They responded. And then they get thrown in this prison. They've just been beaten. They're probably hurting. And what are they doing in the prison? They're living out the kingdom of heaven in their life. They're not, they're not even, they're not sharing the gospel with people. They're praying and they're singing hymns. And while they're praying and singing hymns, uh, we see the Holy Spirit shows up in power, earthquake, crazy things happen. And in the response of the jailer, they were, he, wasn't, he wasn't preached to. He w- they were just praying and singing hymns is what it says. Um, or even crazier, the earthquake comes, and they're still in the jail cell. I'm pretty sure if I was in a jail cell and just got beaten by people, and my shackles fell off and all the doors opened, I'd be out of that place. <laughs> I would not be hanging out in the jail cell still. But I think they were communing with God, and I think they were following what he was saying to do. Like, it doesn't say that clearly, but I imagine he said, stay put. Don't leave yet. There's a higher thing for you to do in this place. I didn't, just, I didn't just show up with an earthquake so that you can walk out of here. That wasn't my total plan. It's like maybe it was for the jailer to not kill himself. Maybe it was for an entire family line to be changed forever. Crazy. And so they're just, they're just communing with him. They're just connecting with him. And then the opportunity presents itself for them to share the gospel. He brings them out of the jail cell and says, what must I do to be safe? He's like falling at their feet. What? What do I have to do to be saved? And it was simply because they were living their life in light of the gospel. They were being kingdom people um, and not just living for themselves. So crazy story. Um, but but it's, it's for us too. We have, the, we have the same opportunity in the mundane, in the, in the monotonous tasks of the eight to five or of, of the studying and taking a test and studying and taking another test. Um, in the mundane of our lives, as we live them intentionally, it, uh, it creates opportunities for the supernatural to break into our world. And I'm not saying there's going to be an earthquake, but maybe there will be. You know, M- who knows what he's going to do. Maybe you'll see a dramatic healing when you pray for somebody. Maybe you won't see anything at all, but their heart will be touched by the gospel. Maybe you'll share the gospel and they'll reject you, but not everyone's going to reject you. That's a small percentage. People are hungry. Uh, the second part of this that I want to talk about, so higher vision, um, but also just simply building equity, building relational equity with the people around us in our spheres. Um, and as we, as we build relational equity with our neighbors, with our coworkers, we build a trust with them, and they start to, they start to trust us. They start to um, respect us. We create a safe place for, for other people to come to. And as we live out just the simple gospel in front of people, without even sharing anything with our words. When we're just living it out, we create a safe place, and then they start to take note of the things that we're doing in our life. When work is really stressful, they see our, our level of joy and our level of peace that looks a lot different. 
or when there's chaos happening, they see our patience. Or when, uh, when it feels like there's not a way out of different things, different scenarios, they see hope. Um, they, see, they see these kingdom things on us as we live out the kingdom, um, as we get to know them. We, like, build, we build a trust with them, and they're, you, just, you, gain, uh, you gain influence in their lives um, as, we, as we just live out the gospel together. Um, and they can't help but notice, really. People can't help but notice. When you look like Jesus, people can't help but notice. They're going to see the difference on you um, as you're going, and they're going to want it. Like, who sees hope when they feel hopeless and doesn't want that hope? Or who sees joy when they feel drowning, like they're drowning, uh, and doesn't want that joy? Um, they see the life of Jesus on you, and people are going to want it. And people are hungry. And the, I mean, we see the verse, the harvest is plentiful. plentiful. Um, people are hungry for what we carry. We have the good news. It's good news. We have the good news of Jesus, and people want it. And so are we going to be people who are, who are like, acting like Jesus is actually alive? You know, are we going to act like we actually have a relationship with him? Um, people, want, people want the good news. And so as we live it out, people will be hungry for what you carry. Um, and you're going to gain respect in their life as you listen to them, as you uh, just build relational equity th- with them, give them the time of day, um, even if it's boring, <laughs> just like loving the people around you, just living out uh, the gospel. And so I'm going to find where I'm at in my notes. Don't really know. But that's okay. Oh, I'll share a story with you. I'll share a story of my neighbor. This is really simple, just a way that I, um, not doing anything impressive, just loving my neighbor. Uh, so I have this neighbor across the street, He's, he's like your, he's just a great neighbor. He, uh, he's, he's always out there, always wants to talk, and so I'm always in, in ear to listen for him. Um, of course, I could be like, I could shut him down, I could go back inside, but I've made it a point to build a relationship with this guy, and he's a great neighbor. It's like, I give him light bulbs, and he sprays all my weeds to kill him in my yard. It's awesome. Um, or he helps me with my lawnmower, or whatever, or he picks up my mail when I'm out of town. He's, he's just a great neighbor, um, and we've, we've kind of built a relationship um, and uh, one, uh, basically, as, as we built a relationship, as I've listened to him, I've gotten to learn a lot about his life, which I think is invaluable for us uh, to build equity with people, to learn about their lives, to learn who they are. And you don't even have to be a good question asker, honestly. If you're willing to listen, they'll talk to you. Anyone wants to talk about their own lives. And so, like, but I've gotten to learn a lot of things just from being a friend to my neighbor. And he's not even, he's like, I don't know, 15 years older than me, probably. Um, but we have this relationship now where he just shares whatever. And so I know his passions. I know a little bit about his family. I know what his desires are. I know, uh, what his next big purchase is going to (laughs) be. Like, I just know random things about his life because I'm willing to sit there and listen to him. And, um, and he loves talking. And so we, we just, I just listen and, uh, and it's great. Um, but I also know, I know the things that I know what he believes I know the things that hurt him or affect him. I know when he's in pain, I can see it. I know, I know how he walks because I've seen him so much. Like I see him get out of his car and go into his garage or walk around and mow or weed eat or whatever in his yard. And so I, I just know, I know how he interacts um, with the world around him. And so um, like if he gets out of his truck, I can tell if he's hurting, if he has pain because I'm aware. I've like gotten to know this guy. Um, so anyways, there's one day, I don't know, several months ago, um, where he gets out of his truck and he's grabbing tools or whatever out of his truck to take back into his garage. And I can tell the guy's in a lot of pain. Um, and I know, because I've gotten to know him, I know he's had surgeries on his lower back. 
um, from all the things he's done in his life, and his back hurts him every once in a while, and I know what his response is when his back is hurting. Like, I know he goes to alcohol or whatever. Like, I know, I know his response is things. Um, and so I see him one day across the street, and I can tell his back's hurting. And so I just feel like a little nudge from the Holy Spirit. Go pray for this guy. And I'm like, great, that'll be weird. Um, so I go over there. I'm like, great, I'm going to pray for this guy um, because I believe that Jesus is alive. I believe that he can heal today. And I've seen it with my own eyes. And so I'm going to go pray for him for healing. And who knows what will happen. And so I just go over there, just responding to the Holy Spirit. And I've already built trust with this guy. He trusts me um, because I've listened to him a lot. And we've shared a lot of life together as neighbors. And so I go over there. Um, and he's, he's so open to it. He's like, yeah, of course you can pray for me. And I'm like, like right now, I'm going to put my hand on you and pray for you. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's great. And so I pray for him. And nothing happens to his back. But his response was so warm and welcome, and it almost moved him to tears that I would care enough about his life to take time out of my day to go and pray for him. And so I just want to encourage you. It's a simple story, and it wasn't like the Holy Spirit showed up in a crazy way, dramatic way. Like there wasn't an earthquake <laughs> on Whispering Spring that day. But, but he was touched by the Holy Spirit. Regardless if he got healed or not, he was touched by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was doing something in him. And I think Clint shared it last week, but because I was willing to pray for him, he knows a lot of things about me. He knows I believe that Jesus is real and active. You know, he believes, he knows that I believe that he can heal and that he knows that I believe in God. He knows that, um, yeah, he just knows that I believe that God is real and God can do things. And, and so he was moved by that. And so just, just want to encourage you, build, build equity, build a relationship. You're with people, you might with, be with people more than your roommates. Like eight to five is a long time. You might spend more time with them than your families. And so how can we build relationship with these people and live the gospel out in front of them? Just in simple ways um, that, that will draw people towards God because they see Jesus in us. And um, like I said, that's one simple story. I didn't see anything crazy, but God touched his heart that day. Um, and the goal isn't to build a relationship just so that you can know people better or that they can know you better, but it really is to create opportunities. As we know people, the more you know about somebody, the more opportunities it creates for you to insert the gospel in or to pray for them. Like once you get to know somebody, even a little bit, I mean, you can find it out just in Walmart sometimes. You can see it on people's faces. Um, but but as, we, as we go, as we build a relationship with people, it creates more and more and more opportunities. The more that we know them, the more depth that we know of them, uh, to, to just to sow seeds of the gospel in their lives. And so I want to encourage you um, with that. Uh, but lastly, I just want to share a couple of really, really practical uh, things that you can do each day just to have a kingdom mindset as you go into your, um, to your workplace or into your school or into your neighborhoods. Um, so really simple, invite God into it. So what does it look like? If you work from home, maybe it's taking five minutes before you log on. Just say, God, what do you have today for my work? And maybe it's not even for you, but it's like, is there anyone that I need to talk to today about you? Or is there anyone that just needs some life today, you know? Or maybe it's on your drive to work where you have a chance to pray over a few of your coworkers intentionally. Um, or as you're walking to class that day, God, is there anything you want me to say to the person I sit next to every single day, you know? Um, so just inviting him in, being intentional on your drives, being intentional on your walks, um, on the way to work, and make prayer a habit as well. Just praying, not, not just asking God, but just praying for them specifically. Who, do, who, do you, you know, who are the people that you regularly run into all the time? 
your neighbors that you see all the time, your coworkers that you see all the time, just be intentional to uh, pray for them. And like I said, get to know people. That's a really simple one. Just get to know people. Just listen to them. Be, be willing to just listen to people, and you will get to know them. And um, the last two, have your ears open to what the Holy Spirit is saying. We want to follow his leadership. This isn't like, let me give you some ways to, like, coerce God into coming to earth, you know? It's like, let's listen to the Holy Spirit and see what he's saying and just do what he says. Um, if, you feel, uh, if you feel like he's nudging you to go pray for somebody, that's probably not the devil telling you that, you know? Just go do it. Before you have a chance to second guess, just start walking towards the person and say hey to them to do it. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you with that. Let's be people who, like, simply, really simply respond uh, to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. Um, and you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked at how he shows up. And maybe you won't see it on the first time, but you'll be shocked because he will show up. He's faithful to um, But with that, I actually want to invite up a few people to share some testimonies uh, that are actually living this out every day in their life. So I'm going to invite up Allie and Emma and Zach. Why don't you guys go ahead and come up here? And they're going to share with us some testimonies in their workplace or with their neighbors where, they, where they're just open and willing, uh, making themselves available to the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants. So why don't you start as Emma? Hello, my name is Emma, and I am a social worker for the Salvation Army. And so every day looks different, but in general, the main populations that I'm serving are the homeless, um, people that are staying in our inpatient drug and alcohol rehab program, and just people in our community that are going through financial crisis. And so when I first took this job in January, I was just asking the Lord, like, what do you have for me here? What is my purpose here? And I felt like he said, yes, I can give someone a box of food, or I can give them a jacket, or I can pay their electric bill. But ultimately, that is not going to last, and only a touch from Jesus will last and will actually save their life. And so that's what I've been trying in fear and trembling to walk in of like, yes, I can meet your physical immediate need, but like really the best thing that I have to offer is Jesus. And so really like one way that that has played out really powerfully is in my coworker's life, kind of like Larry was saying, just building relational trust with her. She is one that grew up in church, but has a lot of church hurt and deep wounds um, and kind of is at the place where she didn't even know if God was real. And I just felt like the Lord said the way to her heart is only a touch from me. And so I just started praying, like, in the secret place, in my time with God in the morning, just prayed and, like, went to battle for her soul that the Lord would reveal himself to her in power. And... <laughs> He did. It was crazy, y'all. I I don't have time to share the full story, but if you want to hear it, come and ask me. Like, an actual miracle happened in her life about two months ago, and I got to, like, see with my eyes and watch it happen, like, the supernatural happen in her life. And she, like, we are, like, watching it go down, and she turns to me, and she's like, Emma, God is real, and, like, not only is he real, but he knows me personally, he knows my story, he knows my heart, and he has a plan and a purpose for my life, and, like, this was just such a flip to, like, beforehand, she was like, I don't know, like, it's just Mother Nature is, like, the only thing that's guiding us here, and anyways, like, she has just been wrecked by God in a very supernatural way and it's just so powerful and so just time and time again I've seen the Lord move in power and move in supernatural ways like y'all there's so many things but like 
a client's car not starting and we're trying to jump his car for an hour and it's not working and so finally I just start laying hands on the car laying hands on the car battery and then we try one more time and the car turns on and like or like I'm having an appointment in Spanish and I'm like running out of Spanish words. I don't have a single other word in Spanish to say and Holy Spirit like reminds me of words that I didn't even know that I knew in Spanish so that this woman can get the help that she needs and oh my goodness y'all are like just being bold like Larry says to pray for someone that's hurting and then a person that's in such desperation just through my prayer, like, th- just through the words of God, like, experiencing the peace of God for the first time and feeling touched by the Holy Spirit, and it's like, he's real, and he wants to show up, and I just have faith that he wants to move, and so I just try as much as I can to invite him into the little moments and just have high expectation that he will move, and then he does. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm a stay-at-home mom to two little boys, so it's a little bit harder for me to meet people in this season of life. Um, But our testimony is just a testimony of the power of prayer, really, through our neighbors. And I think it started um, two years ago. We were building our house, and we were building through my husband's company. So we had some insider knowledge into our neighbors. And uh, we actually managed to print out a list of all of the people that were going to be living in our neighborhood, their names. And so before we moved in, we just started going through and praying every, like, d- every day, just like praying for them by name, for these neighbors. And I really think that like God has <coughs> answered that prayer by softening the hearts of the people around us. And also just by giving us a heart for our neighbors. Just like you meet someone, you're like, oh, it's you. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for your marriage. Like, yeah, h- like how are you, you know? It's just like a different perspective of meeting neighbors when you've been like crying out for them and you ha- don't even know them yet. Um, so I think it's like we really have seen God soften the hearts of families around us. And if you've been close to us, you probably have met some of our neighbors just because we know them and we love them and they're a part of our lives. And um, we've got to just like walk really clo- closely with a mom who lived next to us who was dealing with some intense postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, another mom that I would go on shoulder walks with was dealing with some like some intense mental health issues that she would share with me and didn't really have any other friends that she would talk to and there's a mom across the street from us that um, just recently moved from China and knows no one so when she had a baby we were the only ones to bring her a meal the only ones to bring them a gift and um, just like be excited about their baby being born so just like I'm thankful and even like encouraged by my own words of like man I want to like keep praying for them because like it works and their hearts are opened to and no one's been like radically saved but all of our neighbors know that we love Jesus and have, like, got to taste that in little ways. And so it's just encouraging to me, and I want to keep praying for them. So, yeah. So cool. Hello, I'm Zachary, and I hate talking in front of people. <laughs> Let my people go. <coughs> um, <coughs> so I've worked in car dealerships for about eight years now, um, service, fixing vehicles, things like that. Um, and each stage, each dealership that I've worked at, I've tried to get more and more bold in sharing my faith with Christ, sharing my faith of Christ with others. Um, my last job, it got to the point where it was kind of a joke of what you doing Sunday, <coughs> and that was that was kind of the running joke at work was what are you doing Sunday, and everyone just would try to think of something to say as fast as they could because they didn't want to come to church. 
<laughs> and um, I got to the point where I got a few people that would come to church and people that did come to Antioch, which is really cool. And I had one person in particular that like planted a seed, and I was like, okay, that's cool. I left that job, uh, went on to another job, and I got to see him maybe two months ago. Ended up showing back up to work, and he's like, dude, thank you so much for bullying me into coming to church. And I was like, he's like, I've been chasing God and loving God and just seeking God, I've been reading my Bible. And it's just super, super, super encouraging to have like a seed that I was like, okay, that, maybe it's the rocks. And then find out it was the good soil. And, like, just super, super encouraging. My new thing, it, uh, I've heard, like, Dripping Jesus from Jonathan when we were in India. And um, that's been, like, my job at this new job at Volkswagen lately has been Dripping Jesus. Uh, what does that look like for me is, like, it's an email signature. It's a Bible verse in my email signature. It's a Bible verse on my business cards. It's, um, it's, it's stupid stuff like this. Instead of using a check mark, I use a Jesus fish. Like, it's, it's just small stuff, small stuff like that. And, like, my idea is that if I, if I drip Jesus enough, it's going to flood. Like, one, one drip constantly over two or three years is going to flood. Like, <laughs> that's what happens. Um, <clears throat> so that's been, like, my main, my main journey. I've had, like, these little Bible verse cards that I bought off of, like, business cards, but Bible verses that I got off of Amazon for, like, ten bucks. <clears throat> and every customer that comes through, their paperwork, it gets a Bible verse. Every single customer, they leave, they get a Bible verse. <clears throat> or if they show up there on accident, I deal them out. Big card, any card. <laughs> and they, they get a Bible verse. <laughs> And I've had customers that will take the Bible verse and immediately cry. I've had customers that will grab the Bible verse. I had one guy, picked it up, looked at it. Oh, you got me. I'm, I'm in the right place. Big old Harley, dude. But super, super cool, super, super fun. And so, like, just small things like that that have, like, turned my job from, like, a 9 to 5 mundane grind to, like, sharing the gospel and there's, like, a purpose in me being at a car dealership. So, like, just super cool stuff like that. Um, I have one more testimony if I can. Um, coming home from Old Mandate last week, I got into a head-on collision. So, praise God, I'm here, I'm walking, very cool. All three, all three people, all three cars, they walked away. <coughs> um, but, like, found myself in the ER at some point, a uh, day, day later, ended up going to the ER, and was sitting there and texted my wife. I said, babe, I'm hungry. Bring my laptop, I'm going to be here for a while. And she said, don't you have your Bible in the car? Man cannot live on bread alone, I guess. So I, I have my Bible, and I started reading my Bible, and I'm like, okay, I don't need food. I don't need something to do. I'll just read my Bible. And it's like I'm finishing Isaiah, so I'm reading through Isaiah. And I look up, and there's somebody sitting there, this man and, the couple, man and the lady sitting at the table. And I'm like, okay, God, I'll go. I'll go read my Bible next to him. So I walk over. Can I read my Bible with you? And they say, yeah, yeah you, can, you can sit here and not read with them, but you can sit at our table. I said, like, okay. So I sat there, and I started reading, started reading. And I was like, okay, i got to pray for you, God. got to pray for you, God. And I looked up, and I looked the man in his eyes, and I said, sir, can I pray for you? <coughs> sir, can I pray for you? And uh, he said, no, I'm good. I'm good. I said, okay, okay, all right, all right. And so I went back and finished reading my Bible, went back, sat back down somewhere else, and sat there, and God's like, okay, go talk to this lady. I said, well, the last guy didn't really like that. And he said, well, go talk to her. I said, okay. So yeah, I sit, sit down, and I start talking to her, and I said, I, is there, like, a way I can pray for you? Or you like, I, I just want to share something with you in the Bible. Are you okay with that? And like, yeah. And I said, okay, awesome. So I said, uh, Philippians uh, 4, verse 6 and 7, uh, don't be anxious about anything except for your prayer and supplications. Provide <coughs> your um, request to God, and, it'll be, and the peace of God will come on you. And she just immediately starts crying. Um, <coughs> I got to uh, pray with her. Can I pray for you real quick? She's like, yeah, yeah, please pray for her. Please pray for me. 
And then they called her name right there, like, Christy, come up to the front. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, shoot, it's time, time short. She grabs my hand. She said, no, you're going to pray for me. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. And so I prayed for her real quick. I prayed for her, got done. And she just started crying. She said, God sent you here for me today. <clears throat> and so just small things like that. I got to pray for six other people there that night. And I got declined by about 15 to 20 people. <laughs> and so super, super cool. Um, <laughs> But just like a reminder that like sharing Christ isn't just at work. Sharing Christ isn't just in these different places. So if you don't have that, if you're a mom, if you're somebody else, if you don't, if you don't have that people that you're around constantly, you're bumping into people daily. Like you're, you're going to come across people and they all need Jesus. But that's my encouragement. So good. Thank you, Zach. <clears throat> wow, those are so encouraging. I hadn't heard them in their fullness. I just had ideas. I'm like, I know they do these things. And so it's so encouraging to just to hear them again and be stirred again to just live simply in light of the gospel. Be influenced by the gospel. Let it influence the way that you interact with people. Um, but as we close, um, I'm going to throw some journal questions on the screen as we respond. And they're really simple, but I think they'll be helpful for us uh, just to figure out how can we <coughs> how can we take this outside of today? and actually do something with it. And so I'm going to pray for us. There'll be journal questions right here on the screen. Feel free to pull out your notes app or your journal um, and jot down. Try to get answers for, uh, for each of them, and then you can just jump in and sing uh, as we close today. But I'm going to pray for us, and then you guys can start journaling. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this morning. And, yeah, I, I just ask, would we be people who are influenced by the gospel in everything that we're doing? Would we be people who aren't too busy for you, God? Don't let us get too busy for you, God. Don't let us settle uh, for the mundane of life. Would you fill us, God, even right now, would you fill us to overflowing um, with your presence? Would we carry it everywhere we go, God? Would we be like stirred and charged and challenged to leave this place and, and look different than the world? Would we look like people who have a relationship with you, who know you, who have met with you, God? So, yeah, I just even ask right now, would people come to mind, things come to mind um, as we answer these questions that would help propel us into our week of just loving the people around us? Praise in your name.